Hi, everyone. It's Karen Chong, and I'm here with my co-host, Dennis Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where every week we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. Have you noticed that a lot of the advertising directed towards us is about making things easier, faster, or instantaneous? Have a website that creates seven figures with no effort, or find your twin flame in three days with this easy questionnaire. Who doesn't like hanging out in more comfort or want more ease? Yet in our desire for more comfort, is there something we're missing? Today, we're going to be discussing the often overlooked side of comfort and certainty and what to look out for so we can experience even better opportunities and spiritual acceleration. After the discussion, we're going to wrap it up with a group frequency calibration to help to begin to clear the distortion patterns around this topic. So let's jump right in. Dennis? Well, Karen, uh, the first thing that came to mind when you were talking about the sinister side of easy was I think of the affirmation that I would like to live my life with ease and grace. So how does that kind of lay over what it is that you're talking about? Yeah. So I like that question because a lot of people do have that that, that affirmation running through them. And I just want to distinguish um, what I'm talking about in terms of comfort versus ease and grace, which is what you're, you're mentioning. So to me, ease and grace implies a certain level of surrender. Okay. So when um, that to me is like a higher level affirmation and it's um, if, if you are at the point of resonance where you can surrender from strength and hold a certain level of neutrality then when you call for ease and grace, it's like you're, you're expressing a preference to the all that is of what it is that you would like to experience. Now, the key is for you to have enough inner strength and neutrality to then be able to surrender, surrender from strength to what then unfolds. Okay. So again, an expression of a preference is totally fine. Okay. It's when we try to control the outcome to guarantee ourselves what we think is ease, but is really actually certainty or safety that now the resonance drops, okay, in terms of what it is that we're trying to um, have, because it's no longer about surrender from strength at that point. It's really about control, safety, and perceived like um, threat to our well-being. So if you can use that affirmation in a space of neutrality, then I would say that affirmation is really wonderful and can be a powerful thing. Now, if you're using it because you actually have an addiction to comfort, okay, which we'll t- I'll talk about in just a minute, then we have a reinforcement of this idea of this sort of um, hypnotic trance that we have in terms of comfort. So meaning that in our culture, we're very um, indoctrinated and sold often the idea of comfort. It's in our media or advertising all the time. It's all about, you know, have this more easily, be more comfortable more quickly, have more comfort instantly, right? And so we're taught that or um, sold the idea, right? It's not really taught, but it's like um, sold the idea that comfort is sort of the, uh, a fantastic state to be in. And that if you experience any kind of discomfort, that's not good, 
Okay, so I'm not suggesting that comfort isn't lovely. Okay, so everybody likes to once in a while sit on the couch, watch a movie, and just relax. Of course. Okay, so there's nothing wrong with comfort. The challenge is when we become too addicted to comfort, when we think of or perceive discomfort as something that is undesirable or that we're scared of, and we do all kinds of things to stop ourselves from being uncomfortable. Now, the reason I say that's a challenge is because when you're comfortable, things don't change that much. You stay within a very small, very mentally constructed idea of what is known to you. Okay. Usually what is not known to you is often uncomfortable to us. Okay. The unknown to us as humans is very, it, it shakes us up. We don't really, it feels a little bit unstable. However, that's where expansion is. That is where growth is. And actually that is where strength comes from. If we're always comfortable, always at ease, you know, in the sense of like, you know, just sitting on our couch, not doing anything, always doing the same thing, always being in routine, then we're not growing and being challenged to strengthen, to become greater than how we are currently. So that would be my distinction between the two. So let me, um, you covered quite a bit there. <laughs> yeah. As you do. So thank you very much. But, you know, one of the things I heard you talk about is maybe lost opportunities. And so yeah. I think what I heard you say is that, you know, it's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with living a life that, you know, has comfort. But when we get to the point where we just start to settle in to the point where we don't challenge ourselves. We don't challenge our attitudes, our thoughts, our beliefs. It's we just kind of settle and some golden opportunities may just pass us over. Yeah. And what I like about what you just said is it's true. When we're comfortable, we become very, very docile, okay? Because we're in comfort. So when we're comfort, we're very relaxed and everything is sort of um, static in a way, right? We're in stasis. So we don't actually challenge ourselves by questioning our beliefs, our assumptions, our thoughts, our conclusions, our stories, because we're in comfort. So therefore, everything kind of stays the same and anything challenging that um, sort of status quo puts us into discomfort often. And when we are in that, we're not really, like you said, in a place of growth. We're in a place of stasis. And a lot of people want to change. So if you want to change, you will have to venture into what is likely uncomfortable to you. If not, you're just going to keep repeating what it is that you're experiencing. Now, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want. However, if you want to experience something different, if you want to have growth personally, spiritually, however, you have to go beyond what is known or what is comfortable to us. And that comes from, in part, what we've talked about a very long time ago in one of the early episodes um, about personal accountability. And I think it was a mirror, mirror on the wall that we talked about this, where it's like you have to, in order to grow the most, be able to look at oneself, which means question what it is that you assume to be true, what stories you run, what beliefs you hold, what conclusions you have, because where did those come from? Did you, did you just 
like did, for most of us, they didn't self-generate, meaning they were coming from lineage patterns, cultural patterns, religious patterns that we have inherited because we were born into a certain family, which is part of a bigger cultural or religious group. And those beliefs, assumptions, conclusions filter down to us and we adopt them as children as true. And we act as if that's true our whole lives. And unless we start to question those things and look at the underlying things that we believe are true, we're always going to be repeating not only our patterns, but the patterns of the people who came before us. Now, that might be great for you if you want to stay there. And if you want change, then uh, questioning all that stuff and having the courage to look at oneself and all those underlying things is the beginning of breaking free to establish a new reality or a new experience for you. And, and so, you know, the thing about it is that I, I think something that I find myself, Karen, is the fact that for the sake of comfort, that there's times where I will surround myself <laughs> with people with the same belief system, with yes. the same, the same yes. thoughts, the same, you know, background, the same yes. look, the same feel, the same interest. And so... Yeah. That way, I don't have to be concerned yes. about. That's you know, right. Awkward. That's right. I don't want any awkward moments. <laughs> I don't want any, any awkward. I don't. Want, I want any challenge. I don't want any challenge. <laughs> it's funny, you know, Dennis. I, I really love the fact that you you raised that because uh, that's what's happened a lot in our culture with social media in terms of everything being uh, funneled into what it is that we like. We're only served what it is that we like, and it narrows, 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 so that um, you know the advertising, um, the types of uh, information that you receive only is based on what you like. That reinforces your sense of comfort of what it is that is known to you. You're never challenged by anything other than what it is that you know, like, and are comfortable accustomed to. And actually, that causes much more polarization. And in fact, that's being seen right now in our political systems, right? Everyone's staking in, I'm right, you're wrong. And it's because we, in part, I'm not saying this is the only thing. Obviously, there are many more factors at play. One of the things, however, is that when we are only fed or given or presented with information that reinforces our sense of comfort, that reinforces our sense of identity, our sense of ego, and we don't like it when that's challenged. And because we're not used to having that be challenged, it's almost like for some people, it's like they have to go into defense of that, right? Because they're, they're not used to having all of these different ideas that are around them that might be a little bit different or a lot different from them that are also valid, right? You may not agree with them, but you're like, oh, I can kind of see their point of view, right? That doesn't happen anymore in our culture, really. When we're always given what it is that we're used to, none of that happens anymore. So we're not used to listening to different points of view, which, by the way, can be extremely valuable in two ways. One is it can open your eyes to like, wow, I never saw it like that before. It's amazing. And that can like shift a perspective that you held that you thought was true that was limiting you the other thing is that 
it doesn't foster any kind of inner strength because you're so like used to being in this small, tiny, narrow definition of what you're comfortable with that you're not strong enough to be able to be neutral enough to be with more opinions. They're just opinions. They're just different people's perspectives. Just like you have your own. We presume that everyone sees the world through our filters. That's not true. We assume that they do. We want them to, but that's not necessarily the case. And thank goodness, because that diversity is what creates like growth for everybody else and for everybody. Right. So my point is it cultivates weakness and it cultivates a um, right. And I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying don't enjoy comfort. I'm saying it's when we become addicted to it and surround ourselves with the limitation of only what we like. It cultivates a sense of weakness. So just a thought on on top of that, Karen, is that uh, I think you're absolutely right, is the social marketing surrounds us with this beautiful, just this comfortable blanket of security <laughs> with all the things that we kind of believe in and that we enjoy and that we like. And so the other thing that I've noticed uh, recently with kind of the times is that I really enjoy traveling. And when I travel, yeah. I'm always challenged because yeah. I'm out of my comfort zone and yeah. I'm not surrounded by people that think and act and look like me. And so yeah. now all of us have been restrained as far as travel. Yeah. And so with the lack of travel, I can, I can tell that, that, you know, that, that world that you talk about, how it starts to kind of close in on you and it just becomes a lot, you know, smaller and it's, it's very comfortable to be at home and mm -hmm. to be surrounded by comfort, but there's not a lot of yeah. challenge or excitement or joy or happiness or challenges as far as growth. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally. And I would say also that, so I, first of all, I'm just going to, I'm going to mention that I am not a conspiracy theorist. I don't, I, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. I don't know what they all are. There's a lot of them. But what I will say is, it's just interesting to me that as a culture, we've become more and more sort of, as you say, isolated, right? Because as we, if you don't go out to travel to challenge yourself and you just right? You're staying within, you're surrounded always by what is comfortable to you. So just imagine if you were at the top of a system and you wanted to control a lot of people or oppress a lot of people, what would be a really wonderful thing to have that would hypnotize people or lull them into a kind of sleep? You would sell them the idea of comfort. Okay, you would have them believe that comfort is the pinnacle of your experience. Anything outside of comfort is scary and you really shouldn't go out there and explore different things that might challenge all the things you believe in or like the system or anything else because that's scary and unknown. Right. So I'm just saying that it's kind of interesting to me that that is something as a culture that we have moved more and more towards in the recent past. Like when I grew up in the 70s, that wasn't as present or the 80s, that, that, that idea of comfort. I mean, there was more of an idea towards like instant, right? That, that, that idea has always kind of been there. But I feel like this idea towards only surrounding yourself with people who are similar to you, or in terms of what they like, has really been perpetuated with the advent of um, social media to some degree um, in, the in the recent past. 
So, I mean, even like, um, for example, what they sell you, right? So they're tracking, uh, I mean, we all know this is not like a, a secret thing, where they're tracking what it is that you like. So, you're only, so you'll also consume more of what it is you, you would like. So they'll send you ads of things that you are interested in so that you'll buy more of it. So it's just an interesting um, thing to observe. And so part of, to me, and that's not to put fear into people, like, oh my God, there's this huge external thing that's trying to control me. But if you're aware that that is a potential control source that is external to you that is not serving your best interest. It helps you to examine why is it that I'm being lulled to sleep into a certain kind of state of comfort all the time and that I don't really want to go outside of that. And if you're aware of that, for some of us, that gives us the question, why and do I really want that? And to give us the momentum to break out of that comfort, to question what is not only internally, externally too, because both are reflections of each other. So to me, that's why I would ask that question. Part of the movement now, as these turbulent times are here and the systems that we know of are breaking down, systemic oppression is becoming more visible. It's about claiming our sovereignty, okay? Who we are as individuals and the power that we have within ourselves to be sovereign. And part of that sovereignty is about claiming that freedom beyond what is comfortable, okay, even beyond what is known. So you're not limited by that. So it's kind of an interesting time to examine these things, in my opinion. Well, Karen, I hear you when you talk about the social media and kind of that, uh, how they provide us that opportunity to really kind of settle into our comfort zone and just basically stay there because they will provide to us what it is that we've shown them that we have an interest in. Mm-hmm. So we never really challenge ourselves or we continue, we don't continue to grow and to challenge our beliefs and our systems. And so I, yeah, I, I, I really understand that control piece. The mm-hmm. question, you know, I'd like to ask you is what we talked about at the beginning was the opportunities. So it's, it's one thing to kind of, you know, kind of, start to kind of retreat into this comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But thing that would be concerning to me as an individual is that uh, am I l- losing some opportunities that if I yeah. was out there yeah. and more, and, you know, more allowing, mm-hmm. uh, am I losing some opportunities? Yeah, because you don't even see them because if they're considered to be too challenging to you, And outside of your comfort zone, if we're not really um, practiced at that discomfort, it becomes harder and harder to go there in terms of even wanting to move towards those opportunities because they seem too difficult, too challenging, too whatever to us, and too uncomfortable. So we don't want to move towards them. We don't even, like they have to become so much more like huge in what we believe that they will bring to us for us to even be, go beyond our comfort zone because it's, it's almost like a form of um, having to break, uh, what is it? It's not inertia. It, well, it is inertia. You have to like go, like break the inertia that you're in to move into kind of some kind of momentum because you're at a stopping point. It takes a lot more energy to move into any kind of momentum. So even like if you've noticed, um, there's in our culture generally, the people don't want to like... Um, learn new things because they don't want to seem silly. Like, you know that, you know, when you're a child, right? Like if you put a little kid uh, in front of something they don't know, they might cry for a bit, but they'll like 
check it out, right? So if you put, take, for example, if you take a little kid to a climbing gym, right, like six or seven-year-old, they may be like, well, I don't really know what this is. Some kids are going to be super excited about it and just want to leap at the wall. And even the kids who aren't really sure will kind of be like, okay, and they'll suss it out. And they won't really care so much that they kind of don't know what they're doing. Because when you're a little kid, you don't know many things. <laughs> and so you're constantly learning. But as an adult, especially now, because we've been so entrained to this idea of comfort, we don't even want to learn new things oftentimes because, you know, you might bump and bruise yourself. You, you don't know what you're doing. So you look dumb. And there's this idea that we have to be an expert at something like immediately, right? Which is ridiculous because in order to become an expert, there is like a learning curve that you have to go through and practice in order to become good at something. So this is kind of like, again, this um, sort of idea that dovetails with this idea of comfort or addiction to comfort around not wanting to look foolish or try new things because of all the different things that might happen that reinforces that desire to stay in comfort. And you're right, it does limit our opportunities because sometimes those little opportunities that we start to move towards, even if they're a little bit challenging, lead to things that we, we're not even aware could open to us. But it requires that we take these little steps toward it in order for something bigger to open to us. But we're always retreated into this in, or ensconced in this idea of certainty of comfort and not moving beyond that, then we never even take those little steps because they don't really seem worth it to us to experience that discomfort of those little steps. Like, oh, what am I going to get from that? But what you're going to get from that is something you're not even aware of potentially, right? That is part of that surrender into the all that is. We talked about the very beginning of surrender from strength. So it's that openness, that curiosity, that wonder that comes from an internal strength and a desire to explore and grow because you know that you're internally strong enough to transcend whatever comes your way. So everything becomes an opportunity to learn from, which is extremely exciting. And that's where that zest for life comes from because it's not in comfort that we have have passion. Comfort and passion, if you notice, are not overlapping, typically. Passion comes from that edge of that unknown, the like, ooh, I don't know how it's going to go here. And that's when that aliveness comes in and that zest for life. So if you want to have not only change in your life, but passion for life, you that's you have to push yourself out of the comfort zone because like i said passion and comfort don't overlap they kind of are adjacent to each other they don't overlap at all so that was probably a longer answer than you were expecting to your question <laughs> I, was, uh, I was trying to kind of get my head around your your title of this the sin sinister side of ease yeah easy and yep Easy. And now I have a, a deeper understanding of that because what you're saying is when we kind of just allow ourselves to move into that world of easy, mm -hmm. there's kind of a kind of a sinister or a dark side to it because yeah. of the fact we kind of start to lose that light, that, you know, the passion, the joy, the excitement. The, and so... Is that kind of where you were coming from? Yeah. So not only do you limit, so to me, it's like when we submit ourselves in that way to the addiction of comfort, which is sold to us constantly in our culture, we not only limit, like you said, the passion for life, the opportunities, you are limiting your sovereignty. 
okay? Because you have put yourself to sleep. So in order for us to express, embody our sovereignty, which then allows us to expand further into opportunity, passion, exploring what is even possible in the embodiment of being human, that is what we give up when we submit to the addiction to comfort or easy, as I mentioned. Well, that makes a lot of sense, Karen. Well, thank you very much for sharing all that. Thank you. Karen, could you help me? I hear so often when I look at uh, your video or your website, GFC. Exactly what is that? A GFC is a group frequency calibration, which looks a lot like a guided meditation on a particular topic. And what I'm doing is I'm helping you to remove the distortion patterns of that particular topic. And because you're coming together as a mastermind in a group to connect to pure source even more and to clear the distortion patterns of this particular topic, what happens is a tremendous amount of momentum starts to happen because of the energetic of the entire group. And each individual is able to move faster and ascend higher than they could have on their own. Because I'm working on the frequency level, these GFCs are not like regular meditations, and many people find they go into varying degrees of altered state. So please do not drive while listening to this GFC. This is the group frequency calibration for the sinister side of EZ. The focus of this GFC is to help to begin the release of the addiction to comfort and to some degree certainty. Okay. These are very deep patterns. So this is the beginning already. Okay. So becoming aware of your body. And as you become aware of your body, becoming aware of your weight as it settles into whatever you are sitting, standing, or lying down on. So being aware of the part of your body that is bearing the most amount of weight of whatever it is that's supporting you. So becoming aware of that contact point of how your weight is being distributed feeling of the heaviness of the body. Becoming aware of the texture of whatever it is that is supporting you. Good. And now becoming aware of the soul's of your feet. So as you become aware of the soles of your feet, becoming aware of all the different parts of your feet. So the pads of your toes, the ball of your foot, the arch of your foot, the heel. So all of these little disparate parts that form the soles of your feet 
Okay. So becoming aware of the whole of your foot as it rests on whatever it is it's resting on or whatever it's touching and all the little individual parts that make up the underside of your foot. Good. And now becoming aware of your breath. And as you become aware of your breath, without changing it at first, just noticing it. And after a second or two of noticing your breath as it is without changing it, now taking the opportunity to elongate the breath, to allow it to become more full, to fill even more of the space inside your body, not only the front part of your body, but also your back body. Good. And now please become aware of your surroundings. Blinking your eyes open. And with your eyes open, noticing the quality of the light around you. Whether it's natural, whether it's artificial, whether you're in semi-darkness, in full sunlight, noticing the quality of the light. Mm -hmm. And now, still with eyes open, noticing the feeling of the air on your skin, even with your eyes open, the temperature the humidity, the movement of it, noticing the feeling of the air on your skin. Good. Notice if that's different, if you've done this type of GFC before, than if you notice the air with your eyes closed. And now, please triangulate. So for those of you who are new, becoming aware of three inanimate objects in the space around you, what they are is unimportant. And as you become aware of three inanimate objects, becoming aware of the distance between the object and you, and then feeling that distance. So for example, the dresser 
is about three and a half foot away from me. And now feel the space or the distance between the dresser and you. And then do the same thing with objects B and C. And as you continue to do this with each of these objects, your sense of where you are in space will somehow clarify, become more firm, become more present, or you'll simply be more aware of it. For those of you who are more practiced at this, bringing your attention now, please, to your xiphoid process, which is at the base of your sternum. Your sternum is that big, thick bone in the center of your chest where your ribs meet in front of your body. At the base of your sternum, if you trace it with your finger, right where the bone goes to flesh and you press on it and it's a little bit tender, that's your xiphoid process. So we're just going to breathe here for a moment as people finish triangulating for those who are less accustomed to it. And if you're just catching up now, bringing your attention to the xiphoid process, breathing normally. Good. Let's take a nice deep breath together, inhaling, holding your breath for a count of five. And then whenever you're ready, exhaling and holding your breath out for a count of five. Keeping your attention on that xiphoid process. Breathing normally whenever you're complete with that breath. Whilst we wait for the mastermind to coalesce or become more coherent. And as we wait for that, just as a note, I am working on you at the group and subgroup level. And I'll be mostly working in silence with really high frequency work or high level frequency work. I find that it's um, more beneficial for you if I don't make sound because it just lowers the resonance. Okay, so if you don't hear me, please know that I'm still working on you. Occasionally I do make noise. You'll hear me hum or exhale sharply or sometimes yawn, even if I'm not tired. And that's how I remove some of the lower denser frequencies. Good. So now that the mastermind has coalesced, Let's go ahead and ask ourselves that question. How can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And for those of you who are new, once again, that question is, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source. Yep. And as you ask yourself that question, 
Please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of the space at the very center of your body, wherever that is for you. And as you become aware of this vast space, becoming very aware of or imagining a brilliance that you either see or feel at its very, very center. And as you keep your attention on this brilliance, it intensifies. And as it intensifies very naturally, it expands outwards through all of your cells, out through your organs, out through your bone structure, radiating out through your flesh and your muscles, out through the pores of your skin, into the space between your physical body and the outer perimeter of your spirit body, which is a sphere at arm's length all around you. Please become aware of or imagine the brilliance within the sphere. Good. And now please become aware of the space all around the sphere. And as you become aware of or imagine this infinite space, I'm working on you at spirit level to increase your frequency resonance, irrespective of where it began. The higher your frequency resonance, the more momentum you have on spirit level, the more distortion you can release, and the faster your integration. This is one of the most important things we do. Good.
Very nice. Bringing your attention now, please, to the upper chest. Okay, so meaning between your heart space, which is in the center of your chest and your nipple line, all the way to your collarbones, in addition to your solar plexus, which is between your belly button and the base of your sternum. Mm -hmm. Bring your attention to those two spots. If it's helpful to put a hand on each spot to keep your attention there, please go ahead and do that. And of course, if it's not helpful, then don't do that. Good. So the very first distortion pattern we're going to release is the sort of hypnotic effect of comfort, of comfort. Okay, this sort of like sleepiness that we can get lulled into when we're really comfortable. It's kind of like, you know, lying in bed and it feels really nice and you're all snuggled up. At some point, however, you might eventually get too hot, but you're too, um, you don't feel like getting up. You're too hot, you have to pee, you want to take a drink of water, but there you are lying there and you don't feel like moving. Okay, so that's when we get lulled into comfort. That's what I mean by that. So we're going to release this. Not so that you're forced into doing something you don't want. Just so that you have more choice and more awareness of when you're being lulled to sleep. Good. Bringing your attention now, please, between your belly button and your heart space in the center of your chest in a straight line, right through up through the center of your body here. So your the next distortion pattern that we're going to release has to do with um, a number of different things, depending on what subgroup you're in, and you may be in more than one. So one is the fear of what is outside the comfort zone. The second is being oversensitive to judgment of others as you step outside the comfort zone and don't know what you're doing. Uh, the third is somewhat related. It is um, the fear of looking like an idiot. Okay. The fourth is a fear of failure. This is a huge knot. Yeah. And the fifth is a dislike of challenge. Okay, so this happens when we're in comfort a lot and we don't like to be challenged. Okay, we don't like discomfort. So please know there's no judgment around it. It's just the frequency distortion. So you may be in one or more of these groups. There's some other ones that are 
um, smaller, much smaller. So, but these are the main ones, right? So we're going to release these. Good. Bring your attention to your center point of your solar plexus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is either anxiety or nervousness or discomfort or resistance to things changing. Okay. So even if you want change, it can be unnerving. So releasing these distortions so that you can have more ease with the discomfort of change. I know it sounds like we're breaking away from easy, but it's just more acceptance of ability to be with the discomfort. Okay. So that's what I mean by ease. So releasing this. Good. Mm -hmm. And now becoming aware of the <clears throat> inside of your lower ribs. We're going to release this distortion pattern of comfort as an external control source. Okay, so being like a form of manipulation. So we're going to release that. So when you do have comfort, it's out of enjoyment and not as a form of control. Becoming aware now of your xiphoid process at the base of your sternum. 
and about three inches or seven centimeters directly beneath it towards your belly button. We're clearing out, resetting, and integrating the pain body. Good. This brings us to the end of this session. I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. These GFCs help people release distortion patterns. It's my sincere hope that you benefit profoundly from this series, which is why I spend so much of my personal resources, creating these as my gift to the world. If a GFC topic resonates with you, often more work that can be provided in this one GFC is needed to really clear or loosen deeply held distortion patterns in areas that are sticky. Because these patterns are like layers of an onion, Usually, there are multiple layers to individual topics. Depending on how much of a challenge this topic is for you, it may make sense for you to go deeper than what this session allows. If you feel this is the case for you, please visit sphericalluminosity.com for more targeted support.